0: This week on the Recruit Reflex, Radiancy Acquired Brazen, Canada ranked as the number one most desirable place to work in the world. Should we be measuring alignment and don't rely on TikTok influencers for career advice? TRF with my dad and Charlie starts after this message from Manhattan. Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition?
1: Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different.
0: I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry.
1: Well, hold on to your hat here, because
0: that's exactly what VanHack has done. Shelly, picture this. A closed community of pre-verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true?
1: Well, not anymore. Band Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process.
0: And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation.
1: So, can you imagine, Serge, the applause from your, your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the
0: table? Shelley, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. <laughs> The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, VanHack is leading the charge.
1: Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out VanHack.com today.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, I got most of my voice back. A little nasally, but overall, I'm back to 100% health. Well, you look great. You look all healthy and you've got good color in your face. So you survived. I survived. And We got snow in Calgary, just in time for Halloween.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm pretty hopeful it's going to melt away in the next week.
0: Can I give you bad news? Because you know when you get Facebook memories, and I got a Facebook memory of the day before we got snow, and it was the girls outside that built a snowman, and last year- It did not go away. We had it till May. So I am hesitant to think that it's going to melt and we're going to have a a green winter.
1: Yeah. So I haven't even asked you, what are the girls dressing up as?
0: So good question, because I should know all of this, but Mallory's dressing up as a bat. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. She wants to dress as a bat. She got a nice, cute sweater from H&M that's like a bat thing, and I think that motivated her. Or gave her the inspiration genevieve is going to dress as an astronaut i got the coolest little astronaut outfit Aww. and annabelle God knows <laughs> she will choose last minute but it might be a mishmash of a hundred different things that's just how annabelle is so yeah no i'm yeah. uh always excited last year was the first year really that the girls got a gist of what was going on and we probably did 10 houses and they're like i'm tired i want to go home so yeah, we'll see that yes <laughs> right we'll see if that's the same case obviously mallory wants to go everywhere and hit every house in the neighborhood so i'll probably be out late with her walking every street around us but uh, the girls should be pretty quick do you expect a lot of trick-or-treaters
1: no there's a very kind of a older community and there's only a few families around here. And then it's mostly grandchildren of the people that live in this complex. But so Brooks, all getting all ready. She's got several costumes because at 19 uh, Halloween is Friday night, Saturday night, and then actually Halloween night. So she's got all these costumes and she's saying it, it'll be interesting to see how many Ken and Barbies are going to show up.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, she's,
1: she's going as Vincent Van Gogh.
0: Okay, so it's not like a slutty no. costume, is it? That no.
1: do You know, I always wondered why people want to do that. Like, why do they dress up so extreme? Because in my circle of friends, there's some that just live for it. They've got the wigs and the whole outfits, and it's a thing. They love it. They absolutely love Halloween. It's one of their favorite seasons. For me, yeah it's it's crazy. No, it's do you know a-
0: I relate those people to exactly the same type of people that go to Disney World without kids. There's something off somewhere, right? right?
1: A very famous woman, I think her name is Taylor Swift, said that the meanest thing anyone can do is make fun of someone else who's having fun. And Serge, you know what? They're having fun. It's harmless.
0: Honestly, are yeah. they really having fun? That's a question. I, I get what you're I saying, think so. but
1: I know it's not my idea of fun either. Do you watch horror movies? I don't. Do you have a Halloween tradition? You don't. No. So, like when I say horror movies, my favorite has to be Emily Blunt was the lead actress in a movie called A Quiet Place, and that to me was a horror movie. You couldn't speak because you get attacked by aliens. It's not the alien attack; it is. The intensity of having to communicate it in silence, oh my gosh, such a good movie. That to me is a horror movie, not slasher and people getting stabbed and torn up by chainsaws and shit like that.
0: I think I'd rather see that. I think I'd rather see uh, a chainsaw to see a movie like what you just described because that (laughs) just sounds horrible to me. I would never... Ever watched that. The only, actually I say that, I've watched some horror movies uh, when I was a kid. Child's Play was quite scary, Chucky. And the worst thing is I had, I don't know if you remember this and probably people listening will not have a clue what I'm talking about. But I had a My Buddy doll. And My Buddy looks exactly like Chucky. So for a month after watching the movie, I definitely had to hide my buddy because he scared uh, the living hell of me. So that experience really scared me on horror mm-hmm. movies. I have no interest in those types of movies. Will not watch one. You couldn't pay me to watch one because I will not waste two hours on that. But I get it. It's a very popular genre of movies that a lot of people do. I'm a little bit of a wet blanket today, so I'm going to say no way. I'm never going to watch that. But Shelly, let's jump into the news. and. Okay.
1: You got a big one here. Yeah, I think this is
0: one of the most intriguing acquisitions in our industry in the last couple of years. Radency, formerly TMP Worldwide, which we probably all know who they are acquired Brazen. So Brazen, we've actually met with Brazen, I think a couple of times. So to give you a little bit of an idea of what the transaction is, so Radiancy called TMP Worldwide Mm -hmm. before rebranding in 2021 is a global company with 1,200 employees working from 19 locations in 10 countries. First and foremost, they're an employment recruitment marketing shop. That mm-hmm. has tried to really create themselves into a technology company, and they've done a couple of acquisitions. Our listeners might remember they were part of the programmatic fire sale that happened in 2019. They acquired Perengo last year. They acquired a company called Firstbird, and they had also acquired Ascendify, which is a CRM. Yeah. and then in 2022, they acquired First. Bird, which is a Vienna-based vendor of candidate referral programs. So what it looks like here, and for people that don't know, Brazen is a virtual hiring event platform. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of big clients. They've Mm -hmm. obviously went into a market in 2020 that they grew really quickly because there's quite a demand for it. And it seems that demand is really stuck because if we look at Indeed's hiring platform, the key. Component of that is their virtual hiring events, which I know is extremely successful for them. So, Radiancy is looking like they're trying to combine a bunch of technology together on top of Talent Brew, which is their main system, and become a technology company. What was your take on this, Shelly?
1: Like, I like the way that you explained lining up what they've done here, even just since 2020. In making a decision, it's like they're building a technology stack is the way it feels. They've got this component for referrals, they've got sendify, and now they're layering in Brazen. It almost sounds like they're a direct competitor to Indeed, or they're trying to, because they're bringing in components or building a tech stack to offer a one-stop shop. I think it's pretty smart, actually, because you're right, like the virtual hiring event and the in-person hiring event product that Indeed rolled out does work really well. What we know about Brazen is that Brazen does it all that much better. Yeah, Like Brazen's platform is amazing. It is next level experience, whether it's virtual or on site. They're a stable company, too. They've got good revenues and they're not that big. So it won't be that hard to blend them into the radency world.
0: Yeah. It looks like they have 89 employees, according to her Mm -hmm. LinkedIn page. We saw the platform. I thought we were really impressed and I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I think it's another level to what the Indeed hiring platform and their virtual events. But the big advantage Indeed has is they have their claws sunk into a lot of customers on a day-to-day basis that they're selling them something else. So it's an easy, upsell compared to brazen is coming in really every it's sale too. Yeah. It's expensive. Every yeah. sale is difficult. Every sale is a long cycle. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense with radiancy who not at the scale of indeed has a lot of clients that they work on a daily basis and offer mm-hmm. different services. And this could be a natural extension to their recruitment marketing efforts that they're doing across the board. So it is kind of a one-stop shop where you buy All your programmatic, all your ad buying directly through Regency. Then you've got a CRM tool, you've got a referral tool, now you've got a virtual event hiring platform.
1: Do you remember, Serge?
0: Could you mind if I go
1: with this next one? Yeah. Uh, Back in April, the CEO of IBM made a really bold statement. And he didn't give a lot of details, but it was around the use of artificial intelligence and believed that it would reduce their workforce by 7,000 positions. I recall that number clearly. Just recently, the CEOs come back out and said, well, actually, what I meant to say (laughs) was that AI wasn't going to replace any of our software developer talent and clarified that AI will replace jobs in IBM, such as HR. So I speculate he saw a backlash of developer interest. And IBM, if nothing else, is a technology company. And realizing how impactful what he said had on talent in the organization, as well as any sort of interest in joining them.
0: Yes, that's a fair point that you point out. I think he did get backlash when he was like, oh, software developers, we can replace most of them with AI. And he's realized that the real key in AI for software developers is to make them more efficient, not to replace them. Interesting that he pointed out a lot of back office roles, and it just shows a little bit the mentality of how executives think of HR, because the first one that he mentioned was HR. And I agree with him it's going to replace the majority of HR and admin back-end roles so interesting backtrack on his end I think it's two parts I think he realized that he was probably wrong and he also realized the impact to the brand of people wanting to work where the talent in that space is absolutely critical that you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot by saying oh they're not necessary we can replace them with AI I don't think that's a good game plan yeah So Mm -hmm. Cool. I want to jump into another article. So there was a British company, Givtastic. They recently analyzed the average monthly search volume for matching terms, keywords like jobs and work to determine the top destination to work internationally. So the study revealed that Canada was the number one dream destination by a long shot with 56 out of 164 countries naming Canada as their top choice of work. No real surprises. And honestly, mm-hmm. working the space that I'm in, man, we are so inundated with international applicants for jobs. Like I would say it's at least 10x what it was even three, four years ago. And in all fairness, too, I think Canada's been very aggressive In advertising, Canada is a great place to work. Obviously, our immigration process is a lot more lenient. It's a way for a lot of people that want to come to North America to get their hooks in. The challenge is, do they want to stay here or is the overall goal to go to the U.S. just based on the U.S. being the U.S.?
1: I believe this study gave us a little glimpse into that as well. And the first person I thought, of course... Was Van Hack. Um, mm. Obviously, he knew this before this study was released because of his advocacy work for the H 1B visas and so on. And we know there is a trend because it's easier to get into Canada for some skills than it is to get into the US. Interestingly enough, this same study said what is the number one destination for Canadians? It was the United States. Yeah. <laughs> That answers, I think, what you were wondering, truly, is that the top destination for Canadian workers, if we're going to look abroad, our idea of working abroad is going to the U.S. (laughs) So, if you could, if you had like a dream destination, what would it be?
0: No, no, no. No? No, not Not at this point in my life. I have no interest to move and to go work and learn a new culture, a new way of working. I don't think it's going to be as attractive as Canada. I think we've got- Even uh, Australia? Life. No way. No? I no interest in moving New me.
1: Zealand is very close to Canada as far as government and quality
0: of life. So I'm surprised yeah, New Zealand didn't things. hit. Yeah. They also have a lot of snakes. So I'm not interested in that.
1: Yeah. And Australia has very big spiders
0: and bugs. But they don't yeah. have the cold we do. So I guess that's, that's fair enough. But yeah. how about you? Do you have a place that you? I would have said New Zealand.
1: I've heard the business climate. like It's very easy for a Canadian to go there and be successful in business. And of course, Germany is on my radar, right? And I think I've been pretty open to say like, if Parker stays and lives there, and if he, say, in the future gets married and has children, we will probably spend half the year in Germany and half the year in, in Canada. And I absolutely would consider it. I would consider maybe the UK, like not right in London.
0: Yeah, well, I've never met someone, and I know a lot of them that's moved from the UK that would move back to the UK, so that tells me all I need to know I did yeah. sometime there. It's so busy, the roads are so small, everything's cramped. You can't even go to a grocery store without feeling like it's Christmas Eve. No, thank you. The weather, no sun, like, no no, no way. I am quite spoiled here in Canada. I'm not saying anything wrong about those, but ask anyone from the UK that's moved to Canada, if they will move back. And it's not even like, well, maybe they're like, fuck, no, no, (laughs) really, I would not. So I'm judging based on that. Let's move to tip of the week. Okay. Tip of the week. I read
1: something this week that kind of really resonated with me and wanted to share it with the audience. And that is As recruiters, one of the things I love, I love interviewing people. And I think I'm probably the most open minded of most recruiters because I believe that we should not expect people to ace the interview. And so the tip of the week is this when you are setting your own expectations of how well somebody does in an interview, I believe you should do it in context of the role that you're hiring for. So if you're hiring, other recruiters, or if you're hiring sales, or you're hiring somebody in a leadership role, then I believe we should have very high expectations of what the resume should look like, how well it should read, how well they interview, how well they communicate what it is they've done. But I think you need to cut some slack for people who don't on a day to day basis as part of their job, they're not really scored on how well they present. And I'm being very stereotypical, but I can say, even from my own experience, people who are in jobs that are individual contributor roles, and that is, they would probably sooner have their eyes scratched out than stand up and speak in front of people, right? And I'm thinking of roles in the tech space or in the accounting space. If you're a wonderful accounts payable person, you're very good with numbers, you may not really be good at speaking in public or how well you interview. So the tip of the week is just how well someone interviews should depend on the job that they do.
0: Yeah, I definitely think you have to put that in context, but also I think it's a little bit the reality of how we live and how we work now. Communication is absolutely key. So if you know that you're bad at interviewing and you're a candidate, there is so many resources and tools to help you leverage and get ready for an interview. The expectations should be different from a sales professional that's been doing it for 30 years and someone that has been a data analyst for three years and has not had exposure where they Mm -hmm. need to communicate a lot,
1: 100%. One last thing too I just wanted to add is keep in mind that some people, they're just so nervous that they can't think. It doesn't mean that they're not good at what they do.
0: Good point, I agree. I agree. Nerves is definitely a big thing Mm -hmm. when it comes to interviews. So I want to jump into recruiting insights and Shelley, we've been talking about this for years and I think the biggest challenge that recruiters have on a day-to-day basis is a misalignment between the hiring manager and them. Sometimes it's between the hiring manager and the team that's interviewing. Sometimes it's between the hiring manager and their boss. Sometimes it's between a hiring manager and a candidate. It's a long list basically saying that misalignment is one of the things that really is frustrating for recruiters, right? Like how many times have we sit with a hiring manager and do a kickoff meeting and we all feel like we've asked the right questions, we've got the right expectation, we've come to an agreement when, how, who we're going to interview And then suddenly hiring manager doesn't get back to you, or you don't get feedback on the candidate, or they told you something, then they interview the candidates be like, actually, I know it's everything I said that I wanted, but I want this instead. And it's late in the process. These are all the factors that cause delay in hiring. And it's the biggest challenge for a recruiter because we think about what a recruiter should really be and it's a talent advisor or an account manager that's really making everything run smooth and is measured and everyone's getting a good experience, but that usually falls apart in misalignment of expectations, misalignment from the candidate's end, from the hiring manager's end. So there's a recent article that talks a lot about this. And I thought it was fascinating because, yeah, we all know this, Shelly. We all know these are challenges and best practice. You should do an intake meeting. You should make sure everyone's aligned. It rarely happens because no one's accountable. Mm -hmm. So in this article, it talks a little about, is it time for a new metric? And I know how you feel about new metrics. And this one, in all fairness, is very hard to measure. It's called time to alignment. Basically, you take your process and you look at each step from your hiring kickoff with the hiring managers to booking the interviews to decision to communication with the candidate We all have best practice around it, but no one follows those. The time to alignment is trying. I'm saying trying. I'm not saying this is going to work because there's a lot of complexity, but basically it's measuring recruiters or talent advisors on how quickly they can get everyone aligned. So their main focus is communication and making sure, okay, the interview knows exactly what they should be doing. The hiring manager knows exactly what he's trying to look for. The candidate knows exactly the salary they should expect. There's so many moving parts. You combine all of this and you create a calculation of how long in the process was just misalignment or miscommunication. And can you improve on that? I'm a big fan of this. I think it's really hard to implement. So, what was your overall take here?
1: I think it's a good angle to the same end of what we have always been striving for, and that is quality of hire, right? The quality of hire is the nirvana of recruitment measures, in my experience, but it's so broad, right? So, I think this is a good run at how to break it down and what is a measure that we can put in place that will help us in recruitment for quality of hire, because our contribution means that we are super clear from the intake. Before we even submit a candidate, we've already asked what constitutes good or great, right? And then again, doing that same quality check on the interview questions, because we know what happens when we just simply dust off an old list of questions, but we never got consensus on why are we asking this question and what constitutes a good answer versus knocking it out of the park type of answer. So I think companies that have a focus on quality and not necessarily speed, what's misleading about this metric is using the word time. Because then it infers that we're being measured on how quickly we can do something kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if time to alignment is the right measure versus focusing really on quality.
0: Yeah. You can't focus on quality without thinking about time. Because in reality, you lose good candidates if you have a never-ending circle. Mm, Good point. Oh, well, I'm trying to hear back from the hiring manager. They haven't given me feedback yet. Mm -hmm. So I might hear tomorrow. And then the interview, oh, I I don't know what I'm looking for. This is where good quality candidates drop off. So I, I agree with you on the quality. This is a quality focus. It's not a speed focus. But the speed has to go into it for us to have an alignment on how long this should take and how quickly we can fix misalignments, Because right now it feels like the whole recruiting process with most organization is leaking out of everywhere. We're dropping the balls on so many different steps and it's definitely affecting the candidate experience. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of candidate experience, Greenhouse has released their 2023 Candidate Interview Experience Report. You know how I love reports. There were some really interesting stats that come out of this. And of course, just to remind the audience, who's Greenhouse? How would you describe them, Serge? They're not a household name here in Canada the way they are in other parts of the world. How would you describe them? Well, they're them?
0: continuously ranked by every talent acquisition department what's the best ATS. Greenhouse is always in the top three. They're Mm an ATS, talent platform, whatever you want to call it.
1: So some of the things that I found interesting that maybe we hadn't really seen measured before, I'm not too sure how many companies have implemented automated pre-screening interviews. But this didn't surprise me because 42% of candidates don't like it. An automated pre-screen. I'm thinking more like a chat bot that says, Oh, are you looking for a job? Yes, I'm on the career site, you idiot. Of course I'm looking for a job. What kind of job? Can I ask you a few questions? And it's all done through a chat bot. And if you're a TA team that is looking to buy one of these talent platforms, you will very often be told that candidates actually prefer. I don't know. If you're turning off 42% of your applicants,
0: Yeah. Pre-screening interviews, it could be the one-way video interviews as well. They didn't define this really well. No,
1: these are automated pre screen So I just assumed that meant chatbots, where the chatbot is qualifying
0: you. Yeah. Let's go into some of the key findings, because I think it's important for us as recruiters to understand what are the biggest red flags, and some of it is... Not confusing or a surprise in any way. 70% of candidates consider a lack of communication the biggest red flag in hiring. Goes back to what we were just talking about, misalignment, right? Other warning signs include, and to me this is the biggest one, is the interview experience. Going into an interview and you have a hiring manager that they think their job is a private investigator and they have you in a room in the back and they're trying to get you to admit to a crime, that is a huge red flag because you are going into an organization with that type of culture and mentality that is from the 70s or 60s when it comes to interviewing. There's a couple ones that struck me a little bit uh, surprising because I've never heard it. Vague job descriptions. Interesting because most job descriptions are vague in a way that there are so many words that you don't know what the fuck they're saying. Who said that? Anoop said it's basically become a kitchen sink of everything, Mm -hmm. right? And they put in Mm -hmm. the job description. But a couple of things I want to talk about, and we're seeing this in Canada, right? There's a a lot of new Canadians. And what are they doing to make sure that they get interviewed or a call back? Because we know there's a bias. So 19% have changed their name to sound less ethnic. Not surprised. I've heard this. I've had a recruiter mm-hmm. do this that I work with that changed her name, but these ones were really interesting. Forty-two percent have changed her name to sound younger. So, what did they go to, like Wilford to Will? Uh, yes, like, I guess yeah. that makes sense. But forty-two percent. Imagine I, calling yourself Carrie rather than Karen. It's probably a good idea. Probably, yeah. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> and then 22% to peer as the opposite gender. So mm. I don't know. That one's an interesting one that. for me. So gender neutral. Yeah. But what I'm trying to figure out here, is it men doing that to be women or the opposite no, way around? It's women changing their name. There's a couple of things we talk about. So take home assignments are mm-hmm. disliked by 49% of candidates. I get that, but. Here is one that is brand new, and I've never seen it in any of these surveys. Nearly 24% of candidates turn to TikTok for job seeking advice. And that's fucking scary because mm-hmm. I have seen all the job seeking advice on TikTok, and mm-hmm. they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about most of the time. And like the perfect example of this is the TikTok trend of white fonting, which I've come across. It doesn't fucking work, but this is the type of advice they give on TikToks. So help me out here. What is white fonting? So you put a bunch of keywords on your resume. and Oh, you you white it out.
1: Oh, I see. So you honestly believe that there is a robot that reads your resume and all it looks for is keywords. That's used to be called keyword stuffing, is it?
0: It is, but you don't see it, right? Instead mm. of keyword stuffing, the recruiter would not see it because it's white font. So it doesn't oh, appear.
1: nice. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: On that note, another fantastic week at the Recruitment Flex. We've got a bunch of our interviews that are coming mm-hmm. out consecutively from HR Tech. We will have our regular interviews coming up soon, mixed into there. And I know... There is tons of value to listening to some of them. Some of it might seem like a sales pitch at the start, but power through, there's some great insights from uh, those people that we've interviewed. For sure, for sure. Shelly, have a great week. Thank you, au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today
1: txt.com. Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans.
0: The world's best known investor
1: and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway.